Well, I do believe that we're connected. I'll give a couple of minutes here. Perfect. <clears throat> Usually when I go live on Facebook, I do it through the Facebook page app and through the church page. So I've never done it through a group. <clears throat> but I do bring you greetings from Mansfield, Ohio, while we kind of give a couple more minutes, see if anybody else will come in. Currently pastoring Sovereign Grace Baptist Church, but Lord willing, before the end of the year, Lord willing, before the end of the summer, I'll be down at the Sovereign Grace Baptist Church in Hortense, Georgia. Please do pray for us during these times as we kind of try to navigate new rules, regulations, restrictions. As we try to repair some things that need to be repaired on our house. And then as we also try to get packed up, house sold, and find another house down in Georgia. We are certainly only pilgrims in this world. And so, uh, as the old preacher said, don't drive your tent stakes too deep. I do want to thank Brother Joe Sitters and the church there in Temperance, Michigan, for the opportunity to preach during this online virtual Bible conference. And uh, I've enjoyed the sermons that I've been able to listen to, as well as the special singing, and also uh, have enjoyed the time that we've been able to uh, be on there. appreciate the opportunity to preach as well. I'm going to back this thing up just a little bit. There we go. As you watch or listen to these sermons, definitely make sure uh, that you are that you are praying. Uh, pray much for the preachers, the missionaries, the pastors. Pray for the churches. Pray for our president, our governors, and pray for revival. My name is David Green. For those of you that don't know me, and uh, I want to begin this message with the text, 1 Corinthians chapter 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, and we'll read verses 13 through 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, beginning at verse 13. says, Watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit you like men, be strong. Let all things be done with charity. I beseech you, brethren, you know the house of Stephanus, that it is the firstfruits of Achaia, and that they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints, that ye submit yourselves unto such, and to everyone that helpeth with us and laboreth. My subject this evening is a subject that 
Brother Sinners and I talked about several weeks ago. It's the subject of technology in the ministry. Technology in the ministry. Now you may think that my choice for a text is odd. But as you can imagine, I labored over what kind of text I was going to use for this message quite a bit. The Lord gave me this text, and I think it's very, very fitting. It's telling to me that the Holy Spirit inspired Paul to tell of Stephanus and his household. And in describing them, told that they had addicted themselves to the ministry. Have you ever seen anyone who is addicted to something? I have. Indeed, I once saw a man who was in the hospital dying of cancer. And he was probably not going to live very much longer, but he was begging anybody who would listen to get him a cigarette. He was so controlled by that addiction that he would do anything to get another, even though that habit, that addiction, is what put him in the situation that he was in. If you go out right now during these times, no doubt you'll come across people who have masks on their face. They're so afraid and concerned about the coronavirus and COVID-19 and then getting sick from it that they have covered up their mouth as a precaution. But again, using cigarette smoking as an example, I've seen people with their faces covered pull down their mask in order to smoke a cigarette. Speaking from a human standpoint, folks, those people are more likely to die of lung cancer than they are of this virus. But they're so taken by, the, by their addiction that they'll do anything, even if it doesn't make any sense at all, They'll do anything to take care of that addiction, to fulfill it. As we look here at our text, it says of Stephanus and his house that they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. Oh, that God would help us today to be so addicted to the ministry, to be so spirit-controlled that we'll do anything, anything for the ministry of the saints. That we would do anything for the Lord, His Word, and His church. We look at the drug addict and we pity them, do we not? And our heart goes out to them but are we not also, beloved, prone to addictions? Someone says, well, I'm not addicted to anything. Well, how long can you go without Facebook? How long can you go without 
the internet. How long can you go without your smartphone? As I thought about this, I wonder what the outcry would be even among the people of God if we were told that we had to be without our internet or our phones as long as some of y'all have been without church service. What kind of an outcry would there be over such things? May we be addicted to the ministry in such a way that people will know whether they see your life in person or on Facebook or on Twitter on YouTube or wherever it may be that they know that you are a Christian. Let us be the type of people whose love for the Lord and His Word so permeates us that this is expressed, whether in person or online. Let us lift up our Savior to the world, whatever avenue we may have that we can do so. If you were to die today and someone were to go through your things, look over your Facebook, consider your Twitter feed, go through your web browsing history, would they know that you are a child of God? When we think about technology, we must realize that in and of itself it is neither good nor evil. It's a tool. Now it's a tool that can be used for harm. And it's also a tool that can be used for good. Indeed, it can be used to proclaim truths and it can be used to proclaim lies. Spend an hour or two on Facebook or Twitter and read what people say and you'll find many different contradictory statements. Not everybody's telling the truth. Some may be doing it because they're trying to deceive people, but others may be doing it because they've been deceived themselves and they're just passing on information. There are many ways that we can use the technology that God has blessed us with in the ministry. As I began to think about that, I kind of looked at the ways that I've used it. And, and I, I hope that today I can kind of give you some ideas. Uh, I by no means have not all the answers about these things, but I do know a little bit about technology. Just to give you a bit of a background, I've been preaching for 24 years. And in that time, throughout all my ministry from the time I graduated high school, I've, I've worked and preached. And, uh, and, and, and uh, I've worked in places like Radio Shack, and I've done things like technical support for cell phones and things like that. So I've seen technology. I've, I've been able to put together computers and sell them to customers and things of that, and I've built web pages. And so 
it's a it's a exciting time to live in the times that we live in. And so I want us to consider some things that may be useful to us and that have been useful to me as well. If you go with me to the book of 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now I know that this was written from the missionary to the pastor. And uh, it is a passage that is for preachers. Of all the expectations that you have of your pastor, and all the expectations that you have of the preacher, and all the expectations you have of the missionary, among those expectations, pretty close to the top now, you better have the expectation that he studies. And you need to give him time to study, an opportunity to study. I can tell you, and I'm sure other preachers can attest to this, but for a 30-minute sermon, it takes hours upon hours of study. In other words, we put more into it than what gets brought out. God has told us in His Word that we need to study. You ought to pray for your pastor and support him, but also in that, encourage him to study. But studying is not only the responsibility of the pastor. It is the responsibility of everyone who is in the church. If you're a born-again believer, if you're a member of one of the Lord's churches, you need to be studying. The, the theologians of the church shouldn't be the only the ones who get up and preach. There's plenty of evidence to suggest this in the Scriptures. But if you go with me to the book of Acts, chapter 17. Acts chapter 17 and verse 11. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the Scriptures daily whether those things were so. The Brians. Praise God for those who are like the Brians who study, who search the Scriptures daily. In fact, I looked up that word searched and... Uh, Strong's Concordance says it means to scrutinize, investigate, interrogate, determine, to ask, question, discern, examine, judge, or search. I'd say that's a very good indication that everybody ought to be studying. You ought to be students of the Scriptures. You ought to be 
checking out these things while your pastor is preaching. Or while you're at home looking on the internet watching people preach. Let me tell you that just because somebody comes into the building, or just because somebody gets online and presents a message, it doesn't mean that they're right. It doesn't mean that they're of the Lord. And we ought to be studying God's Word. You know, a pastor's study is most always full of books. Some have more books than others. I, I don't know the size of everybody's library, but I'll tell you that after 24 years of preaching, up to this point I've come pretty close to 3,000 volumes in my library. God has blessed me with these. And I'm thankful for them. A good number of them are in boxes right now because I'm getting ready to move, but the fact is that not everybody has access to the amount of books that I've got. Sometimes a preacher might just be getting started. Sometimes you might be a, a young Christian or maybe even a seasoned saint and you just don't have very many books. Perhaps you don't have the ability to build up such a library. But this is where technology has been such a blessing to me and others as well. I can carry with me volumes of books. I can carry them on my phone. I can carry them on my laptop. I can carry them on my Kindle or even on a flash drive. Technology is fantastic. I can be out in somewhere traveling or, or, or talking with someone about a book that I've read or something like that and I can pull it up on my phone. I bring it up on my Kindle or my tablet. I thank God for that. I use a laptop at home and when I'm traveling. I've got some good Bible programs on there. It's got some, not only the Bible, but also several books that are very useful. I'll give you the names of three of them. Uh, I like eSword. Uh, that one's free. There's some things that you can pay to add on to it, but eSword, I've used that for years. Uh, Lagos is, a, is another good program, although it's pretty expensive. I've just got the base program. And then Word Search Bible. That one's from Lifeway. I, I don't get anything if you go and download those programs. I'm just telling you some of the things that I use. Now, since I've got an Apple computer, I know they're all, they're all available on Mac OS, but I checked, and they're also available on Windows, too. Some of these uh, offer a free book. Some of them offer a free book once a week. Some of them offer a free book every month. Amazon has the Kindle Reader. Uh, you don't have to go out and buy a Kindle. You can download it to your phone even if you want. 
but through Amazon Kindle and then Apple Books, which is similar to, to Kindle, you can go in and download good Christian reading material, cheap or even free. Obviously, not all of these books are correct. Not all of them are good, even free. They're not worth much <laughs> to have or to use. So you've got to have a standard. And that standard is the Word of God. And isn't technology great that, that you can find the Bible anywhere? I mean, by anywhere, I, I, I mean on the Internet. You can pull up a copy of the King James Bible. You can pull it up free on your phone. And get it on your computer. And so that's always our standard. Think about that. How blessed we are. People, people spent years trying to translate the Bible and even dying to get it translated into our tongue. And now we've got it at our fingertips 24-7. How it ought to concern us how much the Bible is neglected in our day when it is so freely available. Now there's some books, some materials that just aren't available online or maybe, maybe you're like me and have a preference. My preference is to actually have a, 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 a book whether it's hardback or paperback, and, 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 and a Bible to be able to read from and study from. And uh, so you like to buy books. Well, technology comes into play there too. You don't have to buy brand new books when you go buy it. Furthermore, you're not restricted like some people used to be. Consider this. Charles Spurgeon lived from 1850, I'm sorry, 1834 to 1892. By the time of his death, he had some 12,000 volumes in his library. Another Baptist by the name of John T. Christian. He lived from 1854 to 1925. He had some 18,000 volumes in his library by the time that he died. I don't know if I'll ever get to that amount or not. I'm not so much interested in the quantity of books in my library I'm interested in the quality of books books that I can actually use and books that will benefit me in my studies but the fact is that as I thought about those statistics and, 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 and these brethren if they wanted a book they had to go out and look for it at the bookstores and other places that sold books perhaps maybe even selling or 
trading or buying from other preachers. And while those things are still available to us, we don't have to go travel the world to find books that we want. I remember back the early 2000s, my grandfather was uh, trying to establish and did establish a Bible college, King's Edition Baptist Church. And he had a list of books that he was looking for and he couldn't find them. And I said, give that list to me, Grandpa, I'll help you. And sure enough, I was able to find them very easily through the internet. And through the years, it's just gotten better and better. Uh, I like to go to Amazon.com. I'm old enough to remember when Amazon only sold books. Some of y'all may not be able to believe that, but sure enough, it used to be that they only sold books. I like to go to another site called abebooks.com. abebooks.com. And then bookdepository.com as well. And on those sites, I've been able to find good Books. I'm talking about some Puritan books. I'm talking about some Baptist books of years gone by. And, and, and since they're not real, I don't know, there's not a huge demand for those things, a lot of times I can find them cheap. Very cheap. So I thank God for technology in the ministry, in our ability to study, and we can use those things to the glory of God. But that's not all that technology is good for, is it? Over in the book of Malachi, chapter 3, Malachi chapter 3, preached a message from this text not too long ago. But in verse 16 it said, Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it, and a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. Technology is great for communication. Uh, I mean, real face-to-face fellowship is best. And visitation is best when it's face-to-face. But there are times when we're not able to get that close to somebody. Right now, travel has been restricted. I don't know how things are in your part of the world, but where I'm at, you can't get into the nursing homes right now. can't get into the hospitals. There's restrictions on these things. And some people don't want you coming to their house and they're not coming to church. And Well, we, we understand some of that. But, but that doesn't mean that we can't communicate with one another, does it? How great it is that I can pick up my phone and call or text to check in on somebody. I've often wondered what Alexander Graham Bell would think what we've done with his technology. 
Some people have phones on their hips and, and in their pockets. They don't even use it for phones anymore. They use it for surfing the internet. They use it for texting. Great for communication. In fact, how fantastic it is that I can pull up my phone, I can send a text, and I can send that message or call that person even thousands of miles away. What a, what a blessing it is that in the midst of all these things that's going on, and it's going on all around the world, I can pick up my phone and communicate with people like Brother Peter Halliman, thousands of miles away in Papua New Guinea. I send him a message and a few seconds later he sends one back. It wasn't that long ago that I used to write to missionaries in New Guinea and it would take months for my letter to get there and then months for them to be able to send one back. We can communicate, we can check in on one another, we can have Bible discussions and and, 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 and be able to check in on one another. Speaking of missionaries, this kind of blows my mind sometimes, but you know, for years the churches that I've been with have worked with missionaries. And we've sent money to other countries. Isn't it great that you can just go and you don't even have to leave your house anymore. Get on the... Get on the, the Western Union page or, or, or PayPal or whatever, send them, send the money over to the missionary and within, within a few seconds, they've got it. They've got it. Praise the Lord for technology and being able to communicate with people, but let us make sure that we use it wisely. Well, it's great that we can communicate with people all the way around the world. Let us not get so caught up in it that we lose the communication with the people that we have in the same room. Think about it for a minute. If you're always on your phone texting somebody that's far, far away, What's that say to the people who are in the same building that you're in? What's that say to your children, to your spouse, to your co-workers? I'll tell you what it says. It says that you're not that important. Whatever I'm doing here, it may be good for somebody, somebody who's thousands of miles away, but it's not good for the people who are in your house. There's got to be a balance. If somebody sends you a text and you're having a conversation with somebody in the room, you don't have to answer that text message right that instant. If you get a phone call while you're in the conversation with somebody, you don't have to answer that phone call right that minute. Let's make sure that we communicate with people who are far away, who are outside of our house. But let's make sure we don't do it 
to the point that we've lost communication with real people. That's what I'm trying to say here. Technology is good for communication. I'll tell you what else it's good for. In Matthew chapter 28... Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. As Baptists, we, we need to be familiar with the Great Commission. And we ought to be a people of the Commission. Out of all the different kinds of denominations and groups out there, this commission is ours. And, 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 and it was given to the Lord's church. And we ought to be faithful in that commission. One of the ways that we can be faithful to that is through technology. Now technology is a great help to portions of the Great Commission. But if all you do are things online, you are not fulfilling the Great Commission. The portions that you are, or that you may be, depending on what you're preaching and what you're doing, but those portions that you're working on through technology are the preaching of the Gospel, and the teaching of the saints. Pretty early on, whenever I began working with the internet, I got a web page. I went out and, and bought a domain, and, and I've had it for several years now. One of the things that I can do is uh, I can design web pages and toy around with that sort of thing. I'm, Certainly not an expert at it, but, uh, but it's one of the things that God had blessed me with that I can do. And, uh, so I went out and bought a domain, and that's faithdelivered.net. Coming from Jude verse 3. But, but that page has been a great tool that I've been able to use. If you go there uh, later, not while I'm preaching, but later... Uh, you'll find that there's articles there, there's uh, audio sermons there, there's uh, links to other churches, uh, including the one where I pastor, and other resources. People want to know what I believe, uh, want to know how to contact me, all that stuff is there. Other tools that I've used or am using, I, I, I like Facebook Live, I think that's a great tool. Uh, to be able to do like we're doing here, that you can go in and listen to the sermons. I've used, I'm using YouTube. Uh, that one's been good. Uh, one of my favorites, uh, one that I highly recommend, is Sermon Audio. Now, Facebook and YouTube, 
Those things are free. But sermon audio costs, but I tell you, those people uh, that run sermon audio, they do a fantastic job of really good customer service and being able to help churches and ministries to be able to put their sermons online. And, uh, and I mean, you can upload uh, audio sermons, video sermons. Uh, you can uh, have a blog there and different things. And uh, I'm told that now you can even do live streaming through that. It's, it's a pretty neat, pretty neat thing. So if you, if you want to check that out and have it, you can. Uh, even if you don't want to buy a subscription, there's some very good uh, preachers who are on there. Uh, and, uh, and of course, there's other podcasting tools, and uh, I know the church up in Michigan uses some things. And so there, there's a lot of different ways that you can use technology for the preaching of God's Word. And through these formats, we have reached thousands, if not millions of people through the years. And the Lord willing, we'll reach even more until He comes back for us or calls us on to be with Him. When you think about that, that's mostly geared towards preachers and, and churches where we think about uh, preaching uh, online, but Facebook can be a great tool for anybody to use if it's used properly. Uh, you can use it as a great witness to folks uh, in the book of Acts, chapter 8, I want you to notice something here. Acts, chapter 8, verse 1. It says, And Saul was consenting unto his death. And at that time there was a great persecution against the church which was at Jerusalem. They were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Now if you skip on down to verse 4, it says, Therefore they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. So let's, let's picture this for a minute. There was great persecution that was happening there in Jerusalem. And people started being scattered abroad. Everybody except for the apostles, the, the preachers. And then it tells us that those who were scattered went about preaching the word. I think sometimes we miss out on a blessing. We miss out on uh, the ways that God could use us when we begin to think that the only people who can preach are preachers. There are people that you'll come into contact with as you go about your day-to-day -day life, as you go working or go to school, that the preacher will never come into contact with. Furthermore, you've got friends, I guarantee you do, you've got friends on your Facebook right now who aren't friends with any of us. What a great opportunity you have to be able to share the truths of God's Word and to preach the Gospel. In the things that you post, the ways that you act and react. You can be a great witness for Jesus Christ.
Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I mean, whatever social media platform you use. I suppose that if anybody still uses MySpace, maybe you could be a witness there too. Much opportunity is lost when we think as churches that the preacher is the only one to do the preaching. We're sitting at home, we're enjoying the messages that, that are being preached. I mean, if, if, you, if, you, if you're afraid of typing something, just get on and share some of these sermons that are being preached. Copy some scriptures and post it. You don't, you, you know, God uses people that you really wouldn't expect. Moses said, I, I, I'm, I'm not an eloquent man. God, God says, hey, who made your tongue? You know, there's really no excuse for us. Think about this. Even, even if you're shut in at home and not able to go anywhere, you can still be a witness for the Lord online. And you ought to be. You ought to be. Tell folks, hey look, I know you're scared to death. And a lot of this world is frightened right now because of the unknown. The fact that there's a virus out there that people die from. And there's no vaccine. There's people scared to death. I read it on, uh, I think it was a brother's blog today, uh, talking about how that it's not the virus that they're scared of. They're scared of dying. What a great opportunity we have to show them that in Jesus Christ they have hope. We shouldn't be among those who sorrow as those who have no hope. We ought to be the ones to point them to Christ. Saying, hey look, God, God is sovereign over all things. He's sovereign over our birth. He's sovereign over our death. And He's sovereign over everything in between. Tell them, I know where I'm going when I die. The only reason why I'm sure of heaven is because of what Jesus Christ did. Be a witness online in the ways that you can be. Now, as great as this is, as fantastic as it is that we've got so many ways to listen to sermons online, this is not. This is not church. This is not a church service if you're sitting at home watching the preaching of God's Word. Brother Doug Newell kind of stole my thunder on this yesterday, and I appreciate that. But how can it be an assembly if it never assembles? Scriptures that we can look at 
Go with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. Hebrews 10 and verse 25, it says, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Oh, let us not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Now some have that habit, as they did here, but let us not be named among those who have made it habit to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 26 How is it then, brethren, when ye come together, every one of you hath a psalm, hath a doctrine, hath a tongue, hath a revelation, hath an interpretation? Let all things be done unto edifying. Paul said to them, because you know the church at Corinth had some problems. They had some major, major problems. And, and, and he writes to them, and he doesn't say, now, now, brethren, if you meet. He doesn't say, now, brethren, are you still meeting? He says, how is it then, brethren, when ye come together? It was assumed that they were meeting. Paul wasn't there, but he assumed that they were meeting. Because that's what churches do. We do these messages online for those who are sick, for those who are shut in, for those who are otherwise providentially hindered and not able to come out. We also do them for those who want to further the, their spiritual growth. Nothing wrong with coming home from church on a Sunday and getting online and listening to other preachers that were preaching on Sunday morning. Nothing wrong with going back on Monday to review what was preached at your own church Sunday. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we ought to take advantage of these things, but these things are not intended to replace the local church. We do these things, and we do them online, and we pray that they're a blessing, but it's only a partial fulfillment of the church's responsibility. A local church that doesn't meet, how can they baptize? How can they partake of the Lord's Supper? How can they hold one another accountable properly? How can they encourage one another? Mark well, beloved, there will be no runner-up ribbons given for those who sit at home and neglect the assembly when they could have been in the church service. I've been reading a book, uh, you know, uh, 
when you when there's nothing else to do, everything else is closed. It's good good excuse to sit down and read and catch up on some reading. Well, I've been reading in a book by Francis Whalen, uh, and uh, he wrote a book in 1857 called "The Notes on Principles and Practices of Baptist Churches." Probably would have never heard of this book, except uh, a lot of these books uh, from from the dealing with Baptist principles. I uh, read uh, Brother Tom Ross's book on the local church, and I got to looking at his footnotes and uh, and found a lot of good titles in that way. And so one book led to several others. Francis Wayland wrote, and, and he said, Suppose that any denomination should adopt the view that as religion was a personal matter, the assembling for public worship was needless, and should sell off its churches and close its meetings for prayer, who does not see that it would become extinct within a single generation? And on the contrary, those denominations are most rapidly extending which furnish the most abundantly to all classes of the community, the means of hearing the preaching of the pure Word of God. I've heard people say, well, this is nice not being at church. I like to just sit in my living room and worship. I've, I've, heard, of, I've heard all that sort of thing. But beloved, this should only be temporary. The sooner the, the churches get back to meeting, the better. And just so you know, the church where I pastor, we have continued on to meet. But our attendance has dropped significantly. And we're a small church anyway. Praise God for technology. But technology will never replace the Lord's local church. So in conclusion, I'd like for us to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. As I said at the beginning of the message, let us get or be addicted to the ministry. When it comes to technology, let it, let it be that our Christianity engulfs all of it, everything we do. You see, some people want to think of life as being some sort of a strange pie. And so one slice of the pie is work. One slice of the pie is home. One slice of the pie is church. One slice of the pie is entertainment. And on and on you go. But we can't be like that. God wants us and all of us. Not part-time, but all the time. 
our whole life. And so while, while, while you can cut a pie and divvy it up, isn't it still one flavor? It's a cherry pie. It's a, it's a, it's a blueberry pie. It's an apple pie. You can't have one slice that's cherry and one slice that's apple and one slice that's pumpkin. Not if it comes out of the same pie. Whatever we do as the people of God, we are the people of God. You are, a, you are one of God's elect. If you're saved by the grace of God, you ought to walk around and, and live your life in that fashion. And that includes when you're online. Do it to the glory of God. Let it be for that reason and that reason alone. And even those of us that are online and we're putting sermons out and all these sorts of things, let it not be to make a name for ourselves. Forbid it. It's not about us. The ministry is about Jesus Christ. And those things that we do online, let it be to the glory of God. I want to thank you for your attention today. I trust that I've given you some things to think about and to consider. If you have any questions comments, feel free to feel free to send me a message, comment in the in 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 the recording below. But may God add the blessing to his word and to this online preaching. Thank you.